Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. This is The Edge with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. What up and welcome in. It is another edition of your favorite show. Every single one of these shows is your favorite show. Here on VSN, the Sports Betting Network, Matt Humans alongside coming up in 15 minutes. Wes, I was oh, trying to man. think of a nickname. What's, what's Wes's nickname? The sports betting, the sports, ah, forget it. He's just the encyclopedia. <laughs> okay, yeah. That's right. He's the encyclopedia. I call him the Cliff Clavin of uh, Vsin. That's right. Almost he knows a, He knows a little bit or a lot about everything. I mean, I would think he has enough tweets to fill up a few encyclopedias. 255,000 well. tweets That's by right. Russ Reynolds. Uh, well, we're going to pick that encyclopedic brain uh, because we got a golf tournament this weekend. Over at Kapalua, and I'm excited. I know you are as well. You've been firing away. Yeah, it's, it's great to have hurting. golf betting back, and uh, it's been a you know it's not a long layoff, but it feels like two months without golf betting, November and December, and uh, I always get fired up for the Kapalua tournament. I had the chance to play that course last April. It's phenomenal. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you don't rem- you don't recall that? I remember you going down there. I remember you <laughs> actually playing it. I got photos. Ooh, oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, I remember. I remember. Now, there it is up there on the Golf Channel. See it right now? It sits above the ocean on a uh, kind of on a mountainside. It's it's an awesome course. But the the great thing about this tournament, too, is you've got a a stacked field. All the winners from the PGA Tour last season, plus Xander Shoffley, who won the Olympics. And um, it's a high-quality field on a great golf course. And you're going to see guys shoot in the uh, 20 under par range, 25 under par range. And it's uh, a great way to start the uh, the golf year. I, I know the golf season's a wraparound that starts in the fall. But in my mind, I think most people, the golf year starts now. Mm-hmm. Yes. No-cut tournament as well. So yeah. it, it creates some intrigue throughout the entire weekend That's for right. a lot of guys. But you see the numbers there, and we will get to a, a lot of this tournament with Wes coming up in a few minutes. But we begin with the National Football League. Matt Eumanns, news, news, and more news. Where do you want to begin? we got Chicago Bears news. we got Tennessee Titans news. We have Dallas Cowboys news. Mm-hmm. And we have, actually, we have Cincinnati Bengals news as well. Yeah, let's start with uh, the Chicago Bears news. Yes, and uh, Justin history. Fields is going to get to start for the Chicago Bears in a meaningless game against the Vikings. Why would we start here? Uh, well, history could be made here, we would assume. Yeah, we talk about this off the air. <laughs> I think this would be NFL history. It could be pro football history going back uh, into the, uh, you know a century ago. Right. Has, has any coach ever won three consecutive games with three different starting quarterbacks? Can somebody get on that? Mackenzie Kramer, somebody at ESPN Stats and Info, I want to know if this has hap- ever happened. I was asking Mike Pritchard. He can't recall. 
uh, if it's ever happened. First of all, if you got three different starting quarterbacks in three weeks, you're probably not a winning team. Right. The Bears won with Nick Foles. Then they won with uh, the Red Rifle, Andy Dalton. Now they're going to start the rookie Justin Fields this week against the Vikings. So a chance for Matt Nagy to make NFL history. By the way, this line has bounced from uh, Vikings minus three, three and a half, down to minus two and a half. Now it's back up today to Vikings minus three and a half. So the disrespect. It, it did cross that key number of three. And after Fields is named the starting quarterback uh, for the Bears, we're seeing three and a half on the board. Yep. Uh, and, you know, we were talking about this where it's like, so we know that, like, the Eagles, for example, did two straight with two different starting quarterbacks, but three? Yeah. That's contract extension worthy in my mind. <laughs> I mean, I, just think, I mean, it might be. Uh, no, nobody's ever done it before. So, uh, and we also know, too, by the way, the other Matt bit Nagy of news. Matt Nagy can win with any quarterback. Uh, you, just, <laughs> you just trot somebody out there, Matt Nagy can right. win the game. The Bears, I can laugh about the Bears at this point because I bet their season win total under seven and a half. They've actually rallied here late in the season. If they win this week, they get to seven wins. Yep. Yeah. Good for them. Under by a hook. Uh, 25 minutes ago, too, Kirk Cousins did clear COVID protocol, he's going to start in the finale. So that's been confirmed. And that's the reason yep. for the line bumping up from yep. uh, two and a half to three and a half in favor of the Vikings. Yeah, not so much the disrespect for Justin right. Fields. It's that uh, the starting quarterback will be out there. And I sent you the clip. Uh, we were talking about the quote that was out there about Mike Zimmer mm -hmm. when he was asked after the game last Sunday, which was, uh, do you want to see Kellen Mond out there? And his response was, quote, not particularly. Uh -huh. And then what was worse was the follow-up, yeah. which was, why don't you want to see him out there? And he goes, I see him every day. Yeah. <laughs> And it was not in a jovial mood. So uh, Vikings in a meaningless spot against the Chicago Bears. Other news around the National Football League. Uh, these are a little bit more important. Uh, but how about the fact that the Titans have designated Derrick Henry to return from injured reserve? We're watching yes. ESPN up on the screens here. He's in practice. Uh, we're seeing footage of it right now. So this is a – and I think really, as we look at this for the Tennessee Titans, who are 10-point favorites against the Houston Texans, they throw this week out. Like, I don't, I don't care about the impact of Derrick Henry against the Houston Texans. This is bigger in terms of the entire thing, right? Mm -hmm. This is Derrick Henry coming back, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones. Like, these pieces, this top-heavy team, well, they're getting the top pieces back. And if they can win the top overall seed and get another week to get Derrick Henry rested and ready to go for a divisional round game against whoever it's going to be that goes into Tennessee, right. from a Super Bowl contention picture, this is massive news for the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, in terms of uh, winning the AFC, it's big news. I, I don't think it makes much of a difference this week against – the Texans, but you never know. The Texans have shown some life here late in the season. And uh, maybe a little bit of Derrick Henry's what the Titans might need to get over the top in this game. And uh, they need to clinch the number one seed with a win in Houston, uh, favored by 10. Uh, but I think you're right. In the big picture, that's what matters here is that without Derrick Henry, I really didn't take the Titans that seriously as a threat to win the AFC. But with him back in there, you've got you've to consider – Tennessee a serious threat to win the conference uh, because that defense is so good too. And you saw what that defense did to your guy Tua Tagovailoa last week. Yeah, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is an interesting note too, and it's always a uh, you know me, and I love these uh, metrics and numbers, and some of them mean something. You don't want to always take them um, like right on the surface, but the Tennessee Titans, according to Football Outsiders, this would be the worst rated DVOA team to be a number one overall seed if they do indeed get it. Those you have football outsiders. Other teams, uh, the 93 Bills were the second worst team. They, of course, lost in the Super Bowl. And actually, quite a few of these teams lost in either a conference championship game or a Super Bowl. So, like, it speaks to just get into the bracket, win a game or two, and yeah, you can compete. But this would be mm -hmm. the worst team in NFL history for a number one seed from 1983 to 2021. 
Yeah, I'm not really sure what to make of that. I, you know, I think we've all disrespected the Titans to a certain degree. I know that you love that NFL power rating show on the NFL Network. One of my favorites. The Titans are number seven in their power rankings this week. Number seven in the league. A team that could be the number one uh, seed in the AFC probably is going to be the number one seed in that conference. I mean, they took down the number uh, 14 team in my power ratings just last week in the Miami Dolphins, so that's understandable. Uh, on the Fox pregame show on Sunday morning, they asked Michael Strahan about the Titans' ability to win the AFC, and he goes, you know, who have they beaten? The Titans have beat the the Colts. And they, you know, he's like, who have they beaten? Who Who's this? Beaten? Michael Strahan. Oh, yeah, he couldn't, he couldn't recall who the Titans have the beat. The Bills? And uh, actually, <laughs> Bradshaw standing there and uh, Jay Glazer and, and – I think it was, it was a Kurt Menefee, yeah. the host, and none of them had an answer. They couldn't, oh, help, they couldn't help out. Strahan, he keeps going, who have they beat? Who have they beat? Somebody, and uh, nobody gave them an answer. I said, okay, how about we start with that four-week stretch where they beat the Bills, insane. Chiefs, Colts, and the Rams? How do you not remember that? The stupidest so, stretch of football ever because they were just beating, and they were yeah. hanging on by a thread personnel-wise. Like half yeah. of these, and they're just winning games left and right. They beat the Bills, Chiefs, Colts, and the Rams in four consecutive weeks, and then you got uh, one of the top NFL analysts on fire. Who did they <laughs> beat i can't recall who they beat that's just i i said that because that's kind of an example of the disrespect for the titans right you know a lot of people think well this team's no good they're not uh, one of the elite teams in the afc even though they're going to be the number one seed i think you derrick henry's back you got to take the titans seriously i personally i will say i won't back off from it i don't think they're one of the elite teams uh, you know in the nfl well, but with D- derrick henry back i think they can be they, they can be but I, and I i do think when you look at it but you have to you have to give them their roses. Is that what it is? Like you have to give them credit for hey, the this, wins that they have. Up to this is not the bachelor. Yeah. No, okay. Well, well, either way, they get credit for what they've done. So regardless, well, hey, big picture. So huh. if you compare the Titans to, can they beat the Colts? Of course. Can they beat the Patriots? Of course. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they've already beat the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, why? Why can't they be considered an elite team in the AFC? You know they can beat the Bills. Who can't they beat? Oh, they. Can, I mean, any of these teams right. can beat of any course. of the other teams. Look, we, like we said, if the seventh seed, whoever it is, let's say it's the Raiders or the Chargers, like the Chargers, for example, if they're the seventh seed, yeah. would you really be surprised if the Chargers made it to the AFC Championship game? No. Like, no. Not, like, not in any way no, I would be surprised if the Raiders made it. Yes. Uh, but, you know, then again, that's just... That's so why I use the Chargers, because, like, ooh, Raiders doesn't sound as, I don't know, as believable. I think the thing with the Chargers, you just feel like that uh, Justin Herbert's got a little bit more potential to get the team there than Derek Carr does. Mm-hmm. Derek Carr's been making one big mistake in a lot of these games. They've stopped using analytics. Brandon Staley <laughs> is a uh, cutting-edge coach. Yep, that's right. Not anymore, Pro- though. Progressive thinker. Anyway, well, let's be honest about this. The AFC and the NFC, both wide open. Yes. I mean, absolutely. you're talking about seeds one through seven. It's not really going to surprise me any of the teams that come out of there. Somebody asked me a couple of days ago, who's your pick to win the Super Bowl? Which, first of all, I hate that question because it's, it's a very difficult one to answer. But I said, look, I've got two futures bets. I bet the Patriots are 35 to 1 in August. Mm-hmm. I bet the Packers are 10 to 1 in uh, late November. You also got st- an AFC ticket on the Colts at 40 to 1. The Colts win the AFC at 40 to 1. As do I. Uh, you do too. But. And I still like those two teams. If you ask me uh, to pick a Super Bowl matchup right now, I might stick with those two. But you know, at the same time, you might be sitting, you and I might be sitting here in a couple of weeks talking about the Patriots getting knocked out in the first game of the playoffs. Right, it could happen. Yep. Sure. So again, this circles back to what the main point was: Derrick Henry's back, and he will be back for the postseason. So number one overall seed uh, becomes that much more important for the Tennessee Titans, who are favored by ten this weekend. Uh, other news in the National Football League. We've got a lot to get to here. Uh, we did get word that the Joe Burrow more than likely not going to play. I didn't uh, think he would play. Yeah, and it makes sense, right? Like. 
like a very, very outside shot at getting the number one overall seed. Not really worth risking. And um, we've seen, I should update the number there. As you look at Cincinnati right now on the screen, uh, this has gone from Cleveland was a three-point favorite. Mm-hmm. Then it goes to Cincinnati minus three. Now Cleveland is a six-point favorite against the Cincinnati Bengals uh, with their backup quarterback. And the other big news, which we'll have to tease forward after we talk to Wes Reynolds, Micah Parsons, potential defensive player of the year, defensive rookie of the year, being placed on the reserve COVID list today. Mm. So it's a really big blow for the Dallas Cowboys who are taking on the Philadelphia Eagles and who are a uh, call it sizable favorite of seven on the road. Yeah, and that game's got COVID issues on both sides right now. Yep. But, you know, with the NFL's changing protocols, Five days. yeah, you could see a lot of these players still on the field uh, by Saturday night, I guess. Mm-hmm. So Micah Parsons can't come back by Saturday. No, now. but because no. uh, that would place him on Monday, and they don't play on Monday. Right. So, All right, we'll come back. Uh, we have plenty left to get to. Wes Reynolds joins us next as we take a look at Kapalua this weekend. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health, but by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. This is The Edge on VSEN, the sports betting network. Hey, remember to check out all of our free podcasts. You missed out on any part of our show or anything with VSEN's schedule today. You can check it all out and more at vcin.com slash podcast. Get beating the book, market insights, and more. You can check them all out. Free and available now. vcin.com slash podcast. One of those podcasts? Now short shots, soon to be long shots, right? That's right. Short shots with uh, Wes Reynolds and Brady Cannon's up there now. Well, Wes Reynolds, I almost stumbled on that one, is nice enough to join us now, the encyclopedia, as we have uh, lovingly nicknamed him, to give us some time to talk about the Century Tournament of Champions. Wes, good to talk to you, bud. Golf, it's back, I guess. Uh, you know, I'm excited for this. For me, this is when golf is back, even mm-hmm. though we had a, what was it, two months ago you said we had a tournament? But regardless... Well, there were tournaments in uh, early November, yeah. but uh, I think there was one in Houston. Wes knows all the details. Uh, Wes, it feels like it's not a long enough break for the golf season, but I think it's, uh, what, about a month and a half off? Yeah, that yeah, that's about it, because uh, they do wrap up the formerly known as the European Tour, now the DP World Tour in Dubai, usually in early December. But, you know, golf, pretty much a year-round sport, and here we go with uh, – all of the PGA Tour winners from last season, except for Rory McIlroy, are going to tee it up this week in Kapalua. Yeah, and Xander Shoffley's in the field because he won the Olympics in uh, Tokyo, and he's a popular play. I bet him. Uh, Indy Jeff Seeley bet him. And Wes Reynolds, I think you like Xander this week as well. Go ahead and break down the guys at the top of the betting board in the Tournament of Champions at Kapalua on Maui this week. 
Yeah, I do like Xander as well. But the top of the board in terms of the two favorites, John Rahm and Justin Thomas, rightfully so. Thomas has won here twice. John Rahm, number one player in the world. I think Thomas is going to have a big year this year. I think he's going to win a major. He's going to win a lot of tournaments, simply having Bones Mackay, Phil Mickelson's old caddy, on his bag this year. I think that's going to take him to kind of the level that he's been searching for, at least for the consistency in a lot of these big events. But I passed on him this week at 8-1, to one, and I went with Xander at 12-1. to one, And this is the side, actually, of Xander Schauffele's last PGA Tour victory. It was three years ago. And so... Since then, he's finished runner-up here in 2020, T5 last year. He's in this field, as you mentioned, Matt, because he did win Olympic gold over in Tokyo. But I think the motivation is really there to really get back in the winner's circle to start the season. We know he's kind of the short field man. Three of his four career wins are on short fields here, Tour Championship, the HSBC over in China, the Tournament of Champions here in 2019. So, this is a guy that could go really low. I think he's in a good frame of mind. I think he wants to get off to a really good start this year. So I liked him at 12 to 1. Yeah, hopefully he can knock down some key putts. Uh, Wes, when I bet him, I'm going to say when he won this uh, two or three years ago, he was at 25 to 1. So we're not getting that. We're getting that, a price chopped in half uh, this time at 12 to 1. I know it opened 16 to 1 at some spots. And Jeff Sherman at the Westgate also likes Xander in this tournament. How about Colin Morikawa, JT? Patrick Cantley, some of the guys you expect to be in contention. I know you're on Cameron Smith. You and Brady Cannon both on Cameron Smith. I added him, too, at 25-1. to 1. Uh, Talk about some of the other players you like you expect to be at the top of the leaderboard on Sunday. Yeah, I've got Smith at 22, and I'll tie this in also with Jordan Spieth, who I also like at the same price. Uh, both guys can be a little bit wayward off the tee, but these are really wide fair rays. There's not a lot of trouble lurking off the tee here. It's a 7,600-yard course, so it is on the long side, but there's a lot of elevation on this course, and I know you've played this course before, Matt, so it really mitigates if you're a little bit of a shorter or more erratic hitter off the tee. He's deadly with the irons. He puts the lights out. He actually, in the numbers I ran this week over the last 36 rounds, number one putter on Bermuda Greens for strokes gained is Cameron Smith. Really concluded last year nicely was ninth at the CJ Cup, 15th in Houston, 4th in the finale at the RSM down in Sea Island, has won here in Hawaii before at the Sony Open at Wailai Country Club at Honolulu. So Smith at 22, also Jordan Spieth at 22. The new father getting back out on the course had his first child, Sammy, back in November. I know you like when I mention all this <laughs> off-the-course stuff, Matt, and find these angles, but... He hasn't actually played in Kapalua in over three years because, remember, he went on a three-year drought, didn't win an event until he won at the Valero last April. So this is a place he's always really played well. Remember, he won here in 2016, was 30 under par. That was one short of the all-time record set by Ernie Els. Really good in strokes gained around the green, tee to green, putting, top six on approach three times here. And I think Spieth is going to actually be really excited to get back out on this course he hadn't played in three years. How about that, JVT? Mm-hmm. Wes Reynolds knows so much, even knows uh, the players' kids' names. What's his blood so type, did you, Wes? Did you, say, did you say it's Sammy Spieth? Yes, Sammy Ooh. Spieth was born in early November. So uh, two months, a new father, and uh, getting right back <laughs> on the horse, much like our own Jonathan Von Tobel. Some time with the kid and then get yeah. back to work. Yeah. He's talking about the wide fairways at Kapalua. We got a photo here. The fairways are so wide, JVT. There's me playing the course in April, and I'm in the middle of the fairway. Look at that. Yeah. Uh Would you shoot a 73? 
Uh, that day I shot an 80. Ooh, it was close. Uh, let's say 88, something like Look that. Look at that, huh? Capilua. You're a pro. Might as well be out there with them this weekend. <laughs> You're a champ. Look at that. That's an awesome course to play, though, if you ever get a chance to go up there and uh, Maui play it. I know Wes Reynolds is thinking about picking up golf again this summer. Yep. You too, JBT. Yes. I know you got plenty of dad duties to do at home, but uh, you got to pick up golf yeah, again. Bring the kid out yeah. and put him, uh, put him in a bassinet and just have, have him watch it. It'll be great. Wes Reynolds with us. All right, Wes, so you're, you're walking through some of your golfers and, and everything for this course. I'm just curious, like, an overlay, the, the common thread between these four uh, outside of course history, like what kind of a golfer fits a course like this? Yeah, you're looking for guys that are good with the irons, JBT, and that's pretty much every week, strokes gained approach. Uh, all of these guys rank up there really high in terms of not only the last 36 rounds, the last 50 rounds. Birdie or better ga gained, I think, is really important because we saw last year Harris English won the event in the playoff over Joaquin Neiman at 25 under par. So they had the renovations uh, to this course a couple years ago. And then in 2020, this winning score was only 14 under because you had a lot of win. But the course wins are going to be pretty benign this week. So you've got to make a lot of birdies. And you've also got to have a lot of bogey avoidance and three-putt avoidance because this does have a high birdie-to-bogey ratio, believe it or not, when the winning score is kind of in the mid-20 under par-ish because these are big greens. These are like 8,700 square feet on average greens. So you're going to have some long putts for birdie here, and you don't want to turn them into three-putts. So that's why Cameron Smith, Xander Shoffley stood out there, as did Jordan Spieth. Yeah, so you, you talked about Spieth went 30 under on this course. Yep. Uh, what was that, five years ago, Wes? Was that 2016 or when was that? Yep, 2016 okay. was 30 under par, just one short of the L's record. Six years ago now. What matchups uh, stand out to you? I know a lot of people uh, were betting against uh, Cameron Champ this week, but he has withdrawn from the tournament, Wes. Yeah, he has, yeah. and he's kind of you know one of the bigger hitters out here. Yep. So there was thought maybe he could go a little bit low, but – you know, looking at this, uh, I did go against Sam Burns this week, and Burns is a player I really like. Keep in mind, he was like 154th in the world to start last year, and then he wins two events, and now all of a sudden is the number 10 ranked player in the world. So I want to see Sam Burns kind of do it against elite fields because credit to him for winning Valspar, won the Sanderson Farms, but I want to see him do it against the upper echelon of players. So I did go against him. Also went against Garrick Higo. You don't see first-timers really fare all that well here. Brandon Grace is a guy with good coastal course history, so went against Garrick Higo in that matchup. And then Taylor Gooch riding the hot hand, won the last event of the year at the RSM Classic, really up there on strokes gain approach. I'm going to take him over Kevin Na. All right, there on the screen, you see Wes Reynolds, Tournament of Champion Plays, the Futures, Shoffley Spieth, M. Smith, and uh, his three matchups. Wes, we got about two minutes left. Uh, let's do one minute on the NFL. Tell me uh, your one or two favorite plays on the NFL board this week. Yeah, there's a couple, Matt, because I think it's baked into the line here in terms of teams that, quote-unquote, have to win. I took the Houston Texans at 10.5 over Tennessee because we know Tennessee, if they win this game, they're going to get home field throughout in the AFC. But this is a team that I think has actually been playing really hard, Houston. They haven't mailed it in. They're long out of playoff contention, waiting for the season to be over. But they've been giving you honest efforts every week. I thought they were in the game against San Francisco. They got a bad call, a long pass interference. It kind of took them out of the game there. So I did take Houston as a big underdog. 
belt. And really, that's kind of what my theme is for this week. I'm not wanting to really lay 16 with the Colts mm -hmm. on the road at Jacksonville. They haven't beat them since 2014. So that's one I'm certainly looking at. And I'm waiting to hear the status of Jimmy G here. If he goes, I like the 49ers against the Rams on Sunday. Yeah, I think I'm going to play the 49ers even if Jimmy G doesn't go. Yeah, and I, mean, uh, I, I think that's the way that uh, you're looking at that too, JVT. All right, one minute to go, Wes. You're a man of all seasons. And uh, tell me what you're looking at on the college hoops board for tonight. Yeah, I played a couple. I did play Florida at minus one against Alabama. I still think it's kind of in the line them losing to Texas Southern. I think Florida is a little bit better team than the market gives them credit for. And did also take Nebraska at 15 and a half over Michigan State. Sparty, good in the half court, but they're struggling to turn the ball over in Nebraska. Fred Hoiberg is bringing some pressure defense. Michigan State's got Michigan on deck over the weekend. So thought that number was a little big to lay to the Huskers. Wes, good to talk to you, man. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, fellas. Wes Reynolds one up on Twitter. See you, uh, Victor. Follow Hovland. him on Twitter at Wes Reynolds one. Victor Hovland's clubs were late, and then he got him, and the driver head was snapped off. Yeah, I did see that. <laughs> I did see that. I, I think he'll find a way to yes. overcome. He's become a hell of a player. Okay, yeah. Uh, the past couple of years. All right, we'll come back. We got plenty left to get to here on the edge. This is the Edge on VSN, the sports betting network. All right, VSIN has a great new offer to help make this your best betting year ever. Our all new big game, big dance special provides VSIN Plus all access to everything we do now through April 5th for only $69. Sign up now to get our daily best bet emails, 24 7 video access, upcoming big game and college hoops betting guides, plus full access to vsin.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns. On the website, vcin.com. One of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of the best deals of the year. vcin.com slash big deal to sign up. vcin.com slash big deal. And uh, the big game is obviously the Super Bowl. Yeah. Big game, oh. big dance, Super Bowl, NCAA tournament. Uh, so we got a, a few big months ahead of us here right. at uh, vcin. They get the big postseason that lasts like six months in the NBA right after. Followed by the Masters yeah. in April. Where you hit the winner last year with Hideki Matsuyama. Ah, uh, hopefully I can do it again. Hopefully I can do it again. Mats, 50 to 1. Felt like it was three years ago. That's, that was a big score, man. Uh, especially, you know me. Uh, Mats has been my white whale, my Moby Dick. And finally, <laughs> <laughs> finally killed that whale, man. You got it. Uh, all right. So uh, let's talk a little hoops. Uh, but really quickly, before we get to the slate today, because it's actually a really big slate, I wanted to go back to last night very quickly uh, about a play that I had in um, San Antonio and Toronto because this is part of a growing trend now, and it's three games in, and it's perfect 3-0 and so far. So it's something to keep track of now. Now it doesn't come into effect today because the Toronto Raptors are on the road. But this is what we brought up, right, on Friday when they played their first game in front of no fans, mm -hmm. which was similar situation to Orlando, right, and the uh, – the empty arenas during the beginning of the regular season last year, good sight lines. It lended itself to higher scoring affairs. And sure enough, through three games now, all three games with no fans in the arena in Toronto, gone over the total by quite a bit, by yeah. the way. Uh, and also, Toronto Raptors offensive rating in those three games of 119. So uh, this is, right now at least, it has affected the Toronto Raptors to the point where these games have been higher scoring and they have been covering uh, these numbers in terms of these totals uh, by a good amount. So 129-104 to 104 yesterday, Raptors, who are a seven-point favorite, blow out the San Antonio Spurs, and yet another game goes over the total. All right, something nice to, angle. Something to monitor, but they're in Milwaukee today. Now, speaking of today, super deep slate, a lot of games going on. Um, now, I 
think probably the most interesting one is going to be the Brooklyn Nets on the road against the Indiana Pacers because you know what day it is, Matt Eumanns. What day is it? It's Kyrie Irving Day. Oh, no, man. It's Kyrie it's, Irving it's Day. It's a day that uh, I was dreading. <laughs> Kyrie Irving uh, is set to return for the Brooklyn Nets today against the Indiana Pacers. A refresher, mm-hmm. of course, that the Nets can only play him in road games. So this is the first road game that, since he's cleared COVID protocol. So you get the big three back together yet again. Irving's going to be back in action. They're eight and a half point favorite with a total of two twenty-four and a half. Well, you just met bet the Nets a couple days ago. They were favorites at Memphis and they Oof. got rolled by the Grizzlies. Uh, how do you feel about Kyrie being back tonight and how that's going to impact the way the Nets play in this game in Indianapolis? So this is this is what I wrote and one of the big moves. So the side it opened up six and a half. It's up to eight and a half. That's not a surprise given that Kyrie Irving's back tonight. The market's going to react like that. Uh, the total opened up on the overnight two eighteen and a half, and we're up to two twenty four and a half. And this is something that I had noted in Points Spread Weekly last week and uh, reiterated today in the column, uh, Irving, uh, a subpar defender, in his career, if you look at it from the cleaning the glass numbers, not once in his career has he improved his team's defensive rating when he's been on the floor, right? It's got, their defensive rating has gotten worse every team he's been on when he's been on the floor. Last season, Nets gave up 115.3 points per 100 possessions in his time on the floor, and when he was on the floor with James Harden, that was up to about 117. So, not a good defensive backcourt for the Brooklyn Nets. You would assume that these games are going to be a little bit higher scoring because the Nets should be really good offensively with Kyrie Irving back in the fold, but they should take a big step back defensively with Kyrie Irving back in the fold. Okay. So, I uh, kind of like it's it's almost like uh, the opposite, not really the opposite, but Toronto maybe home games going over. Brooklyn, maybe some of these road games are going to start to go over with Kyrie Irving back in the fold here because their offense is going to get great and their defense is really going to suffer. So I don't know if it takes hold initially like tonight because I don't want to assume that Kyrie Irving's just going to jump right back in and be himself on the offensive end of the floor. But as you move forward, I would expect that these Nets games, you're going to see the totals creep up. Like 218.5 this morning was pretty low, and the market responded as such. That's probably going to happen going forward, too. Actually, that's something to watch. It's a pretty good idea. I I would think the Nets are going to try just to uh, essentially outscore teams when he's back. But again, how many minutes is he going to play? And he's only going to be a a part-time player. Yep, only on the road. So. I think it's a bad, it's, and it, it brings an interesting dynamic because this is what I, if you look at Brooklyn, and I think I brought this up to you before, the interesting part about the Nets this year is people assume, right, a bad defensive team. Uh, they're ninth in defensive rating right now, right? They're actually top 10 defense mm-hmm. because some of the role players are putting out there, right? They're not scorers like Kyrie Irving. They're actually like quality role players who are defending at a, a relatively decent level almost every single play. So you get this position where, you know, they're actually kind of an under team. Their defense has been better than most people expect. So in these home games, do you get the version of Brooklyn that we got all year long where games tend to go a little bit lower scoring, their offense isn't as efficient, and those games go under. But then when they hit the road and Kyrie Irving's back in the lineup, and now you're rolling out backcourts of Patty Mills, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, their offense is incredible, but their defense is absolutely atrocious. Oh. You know what I mean? And that you get makes these sense. two different types of teams when we're hitting different areas with the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. And, and what that means in the big picture, how you win games and whatnot, I, I think it's pretty incredible what that means for the Brooklyn Nets. But we get Kyrie Irving back tonight, so you know all eyes will be there on the Brooklyn Nets. Also, a lot of these games, uh, there's some interesting contests, but I think the other interesting one, just because the Dallas Mavericks have Luka Doncic back now for a couple of games, uh, they're taking on the Golden State Warriors. Warriors 4.5 with a total of 209.5 at the open. This is up to 5 uh, with a total up to 214. So Doncic, he's been fine, totaled 35 points in two games, but 13 to 32 shooting. He's, he was out for pretty much a month, right? So these guys don't come back in and immediately jump back into what they've done from an offensive standpoint. Uh, however, 
He's been facilitating relatively nicely, 25 assists in two games since he's returned for that month-long absence. So you've seen him get, get guys involved, but hasn't really helped out. 105.3 offensive rating in the two games since he has been back. Here's my angle on this one, and I, I didn't bet this one. I had two bets today. Uh, I can save them for best bets, or I can get to them here. We don't have to save them. Um, but the Warriors, while they have won eight out of their last ten games and they continue to maintain their spot on top of the conference, since they lost that game to the Phoenix Suns, their first matchup, they're actually 7-9 to nine against the spread. Like, they haven't been covering a lot of these numbers. They're kind of overvalued by the market. They're a good team. They're not a great team. And in these last 10 games that they're 8-2, and two, they've only outscored opponents by 3.9 points every 100 possessions. So it's pretty average net rating for the Golden State Warriors. But they're still getting priced like a really, really good team. I actually had a strong lean here uh, to the Dallas Mavericks. Of course, now we see that the uh, Warriors got up this morning to as high as 6.5. I want to double-check because I think there was... I don't have this down in my notes. I think there was an absence that has uh, been reported for Golden State. I want to make sure that I have this right. But regardless. Well, obviously, the big storyline in this game is Dirk Nowitzki's number is going to be retired tonight. So it's going to yes. be a big night in Dallas. Yes, yeah, right? so that means yeah. you automatically bet on the home team, I think. Right? No. No. No, uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't <laughs> say so. But I, I think it's this game's hyped more than yes. uh, a normal game for the Mavericks. Yeah. Otto Porter Jr. was the absence that I, I couldn't remember. Okay. So he's not out there. That's not really going to be worth a full point and a half or so. But regardless, you said it. Dallas Mavericks going to be, I think, a relatively popular play on an emotional night. Luka Doncic back. And the Warriors haven't been covering some of these numbers, so I, mm-hmm. I think it'll be interesting to watch. But on a big night for Dirk Nowitzki, uh, two games. I'll go to the one that uh, is one of the best bets that I have for the NBA. Atlanta Hawks and the Sacramento Kings. I think this is a pretty interesting game. So how about this? So Hawks have a ton of COVID issues, right? Like they've, they got a, at one point they had 13 dudes out with either injury or COVID. It's been ridiculous. But Trey Young comes back last couple of games. Last four games, a defensive rating for the Atlanta Hawks, Matt Humans, of 130.4. Mm. Not good. Not good. It would not surprise you to see uh, to hear that uh, they are 1-3 against the spread in those four games and a perfect 4-0 to the over. Seems pretty obvious. Poor defensive team like Sacramento that this is going to be a high-scoring game. I bet this over 229.5 this morning. This is at 235. And it, it makes a lot of sense that this would be the case, right? If you look at the Kings, they're a little bit more consistent in the last five games, but defensive rating over those five of 119. All right, last night against the Los Angeles Lakers, 1.26 points per possession to the Lakers. So this is a scuffling off a defensive team. And you get the Atlanta Hawks who are just playing with a really thin roster who can't defend. So I'm not surprised. That's why I bet it over 229.5. Not surprised that this is up to 234 and 234.5 in some spots. Yeah, nice job getting ahead of the market there. I, I did want to ask you last night, I sent you a, a text from Eddie Walls on Twitter, and he said there will, there will never be a worse ref job and what just happened in the Lakers game last night? That was the most bizarre thing I've ever seen in a game. You just mentioned the Lakers. What's Eddie Wells talking about there? Because I, I didn't see the worst ref job that he's uh, referring to. I uh, honestly don't know what okay. he was talking about either. I went back to look, and I, I, I was not watching the game. I wasn't focused on that one. So I'll have to go back and like actually sit down and watch it. But going through after you sent it to me, I couldn't really find exactly what he was talking about. Do you have money on it? No. no. I, I don't know. He just tweeted that about the worst ref job uh, that he's ever seen. And uh, I didn't see anybody else on Twitter complaining about it. I right. thought if somebody w- were watching the game, it would probably be you. Uh, but I didn't see that. you got to catch up on the Z's, man. Lakers, by the way, I think, uh, according to one number, 16-23 and 23 against the spread right now. Yeah. Hasn't been good. Well, and again, not, it's, not that much better straight up either. No. Well, it, it talks about, right, it mm-hmm. speaks to when you have that jersey on, you got a player like LeBron James, the market's going to continue just every night. Like, hey, man, let's, it's the Lakers. Bet them up. It's the getaway game here yeah. late night. Uh, we, I also got one more best bet. We could save that. It's a good one between the Pistons uh, and the Hornets. Also worth pointing out uh, really quickly, 
Rockets on a pretty big slide here. Last 11, they're 1-10 straight up and against the spread, 14.6 or negative 14.6 net rating. And locker room's falling apart. Kevin Porter Jr. left the arena at halftime in a blowout loss to the Nuggets. Christian Wood got into a fight with a coach and refused to go into the same game. So it doesn't seem like the Rockets are going anywhere positive. Uh, they are 7.5-point underdogs to the Washington Wizards, who, while they are 6-1 against the spread over the last seven, how about this? Only outscoring those seven opponents by 0.7 points per 100 possessions. So, big number to lay for Washington. We'll come back. We have plenty to get to. Best bets and more here on The Edge. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, of all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This segment of The Edge is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray. No more spit cups. No batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. No quick trips out of the studio for Wes Reynolds. Zick Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, available in 10 varieties like Spearmint, Wintergreen, Citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zin. So head on over to Zin.com slash find. Locate a store near you. The ZYN.com slash find. Product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Most warn you. That's Zin. Nicotine pouches. You know my favorite ZYN.com. Huh? Wes Reynolds and his habit. It's when he walks out to you with your car and he's smoking and he does this because he doesn't want to get the smoke in your face. Super kind. You know what I mean? Really thoughtful. You don't do that either. I, I still don't understand that. And this happened to me yesterday walking through the South Point. You've got to wear a mask unless you're drinking. Right. I'm walking through the casino and there's guys smoking cigarettes and just blowing smoke in your face. Hey. Why are you allowed to smoke <laughs> cigarettes in the casino? Everybody else got to wear a mask. But if you want to smoke a cigarette, you can blow smoke all over people's faces, whatever. Do you? How, <laughs> I agree. No, do you remember? I don't know if you remember this, but it went viral. It was right when casinos started opening back up. And it was a picture of a guy out here in Las Vegas, and he had he had rubber gloves on. He had like two masks, but it was pulled down, and he had a cigarette. cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a fantastic picture. But I would agree. I agree with that sentiment. Hey, by uh, the way, we got an answer yeah, from uh, Gin Mill Phil. And I actually said, right? got to clean this thing up too. We're talking about Matt Nagy, and he could make NFL history uh, this week, I believe because I can't recall this ever happening before where a coach has won three consecutive games with three different starting quarterbacks. Matt Nagy did it at Seattle with Nick Foles. Did it last week against the Giants with the Red Rifle, Andy Dalton. He's going to start Justin Fields this week against the Vikings. Jim Millfield says he's got an impressive recall here of the 1970s. 
1976, the Rams started three different quarterbacks in the first three games. Ron Jaworski started game one. He won but got injured. Pat Hayden started week two, and the game ended in a tie. Game three, Jamie Harris started and won. So the Rams actually went 2-0-1 with three different starting quarterbacks okay. in three consecutive weeks. All right. So still no 3-0, though, as we, <laughs> well, as not, we're, that we're aware not, not that we're aware of. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I would think, though, that that would be kind of the era, right, where quarterbacks weren't as impactful, where you could just roll out a different starting quarterback every week and it wouldn't really matter as much. Uh-oh. Uh-uh. We got another reply here. What do we got? 1997 Jaguars. Okay. Rob Johnson started week one and won but got injured. Steve Matthews started week two and beat the Jets. Week three was a bye. Okay. Week four, Mark Brunel returned as a starter and won. So three wins in a row with three different quarterbacks, but there was a bye week in there. I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it. Like it. Boom. Just like that. Uh, Also want to clean up uh, was we were talking about the play last night in the Lakers contest. So what ended up happening was uh, with about a little less than 25 seconds left to go in the game against the Sacramento Kings, we're talking about a five-point game, 119 to 114. It is a missed free throw, uh, and uh, the clock inadvertently starts despite nobody touching it. Darren Fox calls out that, hey, the clock has started. Well, because nobody technically had possession, it's a jump ball, which Mm. the Kings lost. Okay. (laughs) And the Lakers got possession. It's important because, well, you know, five-point game with less than 25 seconds left. You can talk about that. Spread was six and a half. Lakers won by eight. So mm. <laughs> that's a costly one if uh, you had the dog. Yes, yes, indeed. That so I wanted to clean happy. that up too as well. All right, uh, best bets as we look ahead uh, football. We've updated that throughout the week. There's nothing to add there. But National Basketball Association uh, at the last night Spurs Raptors over two twenty two and a half gets there. Two plays for today. We've talked about the Hawks and the Kings over two twenty nine and a half. I'll go with the Pistons plus ten and a half. Matt Humans against the Charlotte Hornets. It is a relatively simple handicap here, uh, but let's just put it this way. Last time we saw the Hornets, they gave up 40 points and uh, essentially one and a half points per possession in the fourth quarter in a loss to the Washington Wizards. Mm-hmm. Last two games, Hornets have allowed 257 total points. They have dropped both of those games straight up and against the spread. Team is now laying 10 points at home against Detroit. They are the second worst defensive team in the NBA. Seems like a lot for a team of the defensive prowess of the Charlotte Hornets or lack thereof. Uh, you also get Sadiq Bey, Kate Cunningham, uh, Hamadou Diallo, all still active. Those three started last time out. They're a lot better with those three out there. How about Sadiq Bey, by the way? My pick for Rookie of the Year last year. Love this guy. I text Patrick Maher every time he does something incredible, which is almost every day now. Sadiq Bey over the last – Can you tell me why you text Patrick? Oh, he's a big Detroit Pistons fan. Oh, okay. He's a I didn't know that. Yeah, he's a, okay. he's a Detroit guy. How about this for Bey? 25 points, 8.5 rebounds, 3.2 assists in his last nine games. He's been oh, nuts. Wow. He's been great. So give me the Pistons plus the 10.5 against the Charlotte Hornets, along with the over 229.5 in Atlanta and Sacramento. All right, don't forget, every day you should go to vcin.com slash JVT to find your NBA market reports. You're up by, what, about 6, 7 in the morning? Yeah, 8 o'clock on the big days, but yeah, yeah. you're up there. First thing in the morning. All right, I made two college basketball bets last night. I got the best of the number in one. I can't use it on the best bets now because the numbers move so much that uh, would be unfair. But I, I played Iowa State minus one against Texas Tech last night. Iowa State's uh, 12 and one with a five point loss to Baylor on New Year's Day. Uh, I don't think the Cyclones are a top 10 team, but, and I don't like to coach, you know that. I don't mm-hmm. like uh, TJ Otzelberger. But he did a great job bringing in transfers. He brought in Isaiah Brockington from Penn State, Caleb Grill from UNLV, Gabe Kausher from Minnesota. The team's off to a pretty good start. I thought the number should be three and a half. 
Actually, the market has uh, adjusted to even more of that at this point. Iowa State hosting Texas Tech tonight is now a four and four and a half point favorite after opening at one. So I can't use Iowa State 728 on the betting board as the best bet. I split last night, by the way. Minnesota, man, ugly performance. Mm-hmm. Gophers got blown out from the start, could not match up with the shack of the Big Ten, and uh, got pounded inside by the uh, Fighting Illini uh, last night. LSU, Kentucky, did you see the ending to this game? This wild ending to the game. You might not see a wilder ending to a game this season. LSU was up eight, had the best free, free throw shooter on the team at the line with inside two minutes to go. You think, well, this guy's shooting 80%, 87% from the line. LSU's about to go up 10. The game's over. Mm-hmm. He misses both free throws. And at that point, you know, okay, something bad's about to happen for LSU. Kentucky rallies, cuts it all the way to one. Uh, inside 20 seconds, LSU goes down, throws the ball away. Kentucky has possession, down one. Oscar Tashwebe throws it into the backcourt. It looks like it's headed out of bounds. LSU steals it, throws it ahead for a dunk. Kentucky pushes the ball up the floor, stolen, thrown back. LSU dunks again, uh, basically right before time expires to win 65-60. LSU, clo- LSU, I bet at minus one, closed the two-and-a-half-point favorite. Both turnovers charged to Davion Mins, too, by the way. So how'd you like to be that goat? That sucks. Uh, uh, did he both? They were charged. Yeah, they were charged to him. I thought Oscar threw the ball away. He the was first he time. was in there. It's a she okay. got a steal in there, but uh, yeah, Mintz was charged at least with the turnover. So that was just a back to back dunks after Kentucky had the ball down one in the last twenty seconds. That was a wild ending in Baton Rouge last night. Anyway, I got to split uh, with those two games. Minnesota was just a bad play. I should have played Rutgers instead. I was looking at the two Big Ten dogs. Rutgers rolled Michigan last night, of course. Yep. By the way, Air Force hung in there with uh, Colorado right, we State. About you were that, talking right? about that big dog. Did you? I don't think you knew at the time. Yes, Air Force was down three starters in that game last night. Oh, I didn't know that. No. That's, still, that's even a struggle. It still yeah. hung in there and was, I think, within eight points with uh, about four minutes to go in the game last night. Yep. I got one play tonight. Uh, it's North Carolina minus two and a half over Notre Dame. You can lay two at some spots. I laid two on this game last night. It was two and a half this morning. Uh, but North Carolina is a 10-3 and three team. Aside from the 29-point loss to Kentucky in Las Vegas in mid-December, uh, I think this has been a pretty good, pretty uh, I want to say a pretty talented Tar Heels team, definitely more talented than the Irish. Caleb Lubb, Caleb Lubb the uh, point guard for the Tar Heels, uh, 43% from three, 15.6 uh, points per game. He's been, uh, I think he's one of the best players in the ACC. He's definitely more talented than uh, anybody Notre Dame's got in the backcourt. I think this Mike Bray Irish team stinks. Uh, I saw him play in person in Vegas. Uh, They don't have much talent. Uh, They don't have uh, much toughness. They don't have much size. They don't have much shooting. So this is a game where I think I hate to play road favorites. I really don't like to play them in college hoops. But I laid two with North Carolina, two and a half for the record on the best bets tonight. North Carolina is a far more talented team and should win this game in South Bend. But the market seems split on this. It's uh, still two, two and a half, so it looks like it's a two-way action game. So I'm not stealing anything at this point, apparently, yeah. with uh, the North Carolina bet. Yeah, so I don't have any bets in college basketball, but I will say one of the games that intrigued me was mm-hmm. Villanova and Creighton because Villanova's a 10.5 point favorite here. I like Creighton defensively. Like uh, only three of their opponents yeah. this year, they've allowed more than a point per possession. One of them, by the way, is Colorado State. Um, but Villanova and you wonder what the bounce back like is for Creighton after playing a double overtime game against Marquette over the weekend, but it's an interesting spot because that's a ten point, ten and a half point spread right now for Villanova. Creighton blew out Villanova by twenty in mid December too, yep. 
Hey, quick look at my uh, tournament of champion plays from uh, Maui. We talked about the tournament with Wes Reynolds. If you missed the show, go to vcin.com for the replays. And also our plays are in point spread weekly in the magazine this week. Our, uh, our golf picks are going to be in there every week now. Justin Thomas at 9-1. to one. Colin Morikawa, 12-1. to one. Xander Shoffley, 12-1. to one. If you're looking for a longer shot, Cameron Smith, the Aussie, at 25-1. to one, And Jason Kokrak at 40 uh, so those are the futures for the Tournament of Champions at Kapalua. And uh, we'll talk. How about that K-State Bowl win last night? A lot of betters cashed in on that. Got to get out of here, but yes, it was incredible. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN.